Glad to be uh, back on here. I think you're the first person I've ever had on three times. Come on now. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome, everybody. This is episode 92 of Kowalski Analysis, and we're entitling this one, Reclaiming Control, Men's Struggles with Pornography with Frank Rich. Let me tell you who Frank is. I want to give you a proper introduction. Uh, actually, let me, yeah, let me give you an introduction first, and then I'll do a couple of other housekeeping things. So Frank is a multifaceted individual whose life journey has taken him from the world of bodybuilding entrepreneurship to becoming a respected men's health coach and the host of the Superhuman Life podcast. With a compelling story of personal transformation, Frank has made it his mission to guide men battling addiction, depression, and anxiety towards regaining control of their lives through the transformative power of faith and fitness. Having personally faced and conquered the demons of addiction, depression, and anxiety for nearly two decades, Frank is not only a coach and mentor, but a living testament to the potential for change and growth. For change and growth. His remarkable journey is an inspirational testament to the resilience of the human spirit. As the founder and CEO of Rebuilt Recovery, Frank has established a company that embraces a holistic approach to addiction recovery, placing growth at its core. Rebuilt Recovery offers comprehensive fitness training for men on the path to recovery and provides invaluable one-on-one -on -one coaching for those seeking liberation from the clutches of pornography addiction. Welcome back. Dude, that sounds amazing, man. Uh, I hired somebody to write that for me. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> You're like, dude, I want to meet this guy. <laughs> Anytime the people would read my bio, I thought, man, that sounds pretty impressive, dude. Um, well, it's always difficult, man, like talking about yourself, right? So I'm right. like, you know what, man? Like, let me get somebody else to to, to highlight the things that, that, that we've been doing. But uh, no, it sounds sharp, man. You're actually the first person to uh, to read that. Let me go ahead and tag everybody. We are live in the Waiting Works community, which, uh, sorry about that. That's a community I started for people that are saving sex for marriage, or at least attempting to. Um, and we're also live on, on my business page on Facebook and then in the YouTube, on my YouTube channel. So, great. So everybody, before we dive in, if you're watching this live or you're watching the replay, drop a comment, say hello. If you hear something that you like, give it a couple hearts or thumbs ups. Um, if you have questions, post them in the comments. We'll try to get to a few. There's going to be two parts to this podcast. The first part will be for all of you that are watching publicly. Um, we're going to talk about pornography, some of the what's and why's and uh, harmful effects of it. <clears throat> There's going to be a second part that will be private for uh, a private community that I have called the Alpha Man Blueprint or Frank is actually going to prescribe an exercise, a tool that he uses to help his clients. Um, but yeah, we can pretty much dive into it. Um, actually, before we do, let me see here. I have, uh, we're going to, I do this segment. I don't know if we have ever done this before, uh, but we do a segment called this or that. So I fire like five questions at you in rapid succession Real simple list or that questions so that you can, uh, people that get to know you a little bit better. Okay. I think we had this, uh, <laughs> last time I was, I, was I don't think, I don't think you did it the first time, but I do think <laughs> you did something like this the second battle round. Okay, cool. Well, let's do it again. You ready? Yeah. All hopefully right. They're different or hopefully my, if they're the same questions, hopefully my answers are <laughs> the same, but if they're different, hopefully, uh, I've grown, right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to fact check you now. Um, all right. Better self-care cold plunging or sauna. Both. Well, what's better? What do you mean by better? This um, or that? It's just you got to pick one. Cold plunge or sauna? Man, for me or for the audience? Yeah, for you. 
for me, it's funny, man. I was actually had this conversation yesterday with somebody. I don't think that this is how this answer is supposed to go, but um, I've been doing sauna every day for probably four years now. Um, and I've been cold plunging now every day for about 120 days. Nice. If I had to choose and eliminate one, I would eliminate the sauna uh, because the cold plunge sucks. Right. Um, I've never wanted to do it, uh, but the way that I feel after every single time doing it, it's absolutely incredible. So if I had to choose one, I would probably keep the cold plunge. Also, I live in Florida, so I can get hot if I needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, uh, if I had to pick one, but they're different. So the the better is not the best question around these things. Um, just, they serve for different purposes. just for you, just this or that. Really, you don't have to put that much thought into it. Sorry. So that's okay. Oh, no, it's a, dude. I just plunged for the third time uh, twenty minutes before this <clears throat> before this episode. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel good. I'm still shivering yeah. a little bit. What temperature you get at? I don't have a thermometer in it, so I filled it up um, from the hose. So it's about 40 degrees overnight here. It's about 50 during the day. I filled it up from the hose. The first day, I it wasn't that bad. I'm guessing it was about 55 degrees, if I had to guess. Okay. Maybe 60. I don't know. I heard anything below 60, you get benefits. So it was cold, though. It was like a really cold pool. And then the next time, I I put a bag of ice in it that night the next day i got in because it sat out all night it was much colder and i did three minutes and like 50 seconds and it was cold and then i did it again today it's been sitting outside all that time i'm guessing it's in the you know 40 to 50 range but i need to get a, a water thermometer so i can actually that's see. a big range yeah 40 40 to 50 is a big range 50 is bearable once you get below 47 46 like your fingers start tingling a little bit Mine stays at 46. Um, I have a chiller filter and, 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 and all that. Um, obviously, I don't live in Baltimore, so I don't have the cold weather. But yeah, I keep mine at 46 uh, and it's it tingles your fingers. So yeah. that's, that's you know, uh, and yeah, I think it's minimum is you want to be at about three, three minutes per session. Yeah, I could feel the pins and, pins and needles a little bit, you know, like when I'm okay. sitting in there. So, I mean, if I look at Wim Hof and we're getting off topic here a little bit, but if I look at Wim Hof, um, sorry about that. I should put that on airplane mode um he just dives in like a freaking creek you know so it's not that scientific like it's whatever the temperature is at that time of year wherever he lives i'm sure you're getting benefit you know if it's cold it's just uncomfortably cold is what andrew huberman said and it's definitely uncomfortable yeah so. <clears throat> but anyway let's keep going all right next question um visualization or journaling visualizing through journaling i don't see yeah um god man uh once again both right but i guess if i had to choose one because i'm a visionary i would keep the visualization in play uh although yeah. i do enjoy having both of those yeah that, those are my both of those two questions i would choose gold plunging and visualization i find yeah i mean i i just personal choice okay better well, what we're going to talk about later right is is crafting a vision i really yeah. feel that's a that's a skill set that i that i hold is helping people get a clear vision on their life and yeah. it's something i've really been able to play out in my life okay better inspirational quote progress not perfection or one day at a time better inspirational quote progress not perfection or one day at a time I mean, if I got to pick one of those, I would say progress over perfection. Okay. Personal reward, relaxing at the spa or thrilling adventure in the great outdoors? A reward? Yeah. Um, the thrilling adventure because relaxing at a spa okay. is not a reward. It's a requirement. Okay. 
Um, coaching approach, tough love or gentle guidance? Both, man. Like the best <laughs> coaches in the world know how to do both. And I think it's the integration of that. And it's also knowing the type of individual um, that you're that you're coaching. But if I had to choose one, once again, which I think this is <laughs> exercise is about, uh, I'm a tough love guy. I mean, tough any love. of my clients will know that anybody that's followed me for any length of time will understand that I'm going to I'm going to kick you in the nuts, but I'm going to give you a hug immediately afterwards. And I think that's tough love. I think that's what men need. I think men need more tough love. Yeah. Tell it to me straight. All right, good. Real quick, I just want to thank our sponsor, Chum City Countdown, the largest all-inclusive New Year's Eve charity gala on the East Coast, returning for its 15th year, held at the BWI Airport Hilton. This theme is the Royal Renaissance Ball, and uh, this party includes everything, like four and a half hours open bar, all your food, 16 party zones. You can go to charmcitycountdown.com for more information. All right, so let's get into it. Um, let's talk a little bit about your expertise and helping men overcome pornography addiction. Maybe give people a little bit of your background with uh, porn addiction and how you got to be a coach in this uh, field. Yeah, man. Uh, well, obviously, I would probably point people that want the full story. I think that's really what we talked about in the entirety of our first episode. So I don't want to take all of that up here today. Um, but for me, I think the work that I'm doing, and this is how I've kind of come to understand my role and why I think I've been able to be successful, everything that I've created with Rebuilt Recovery is really a byproduct of my entirety life's work, right? Like this is, I'm really feeling like I'm embracing my 20 years of professional work. So I got into real leadership development coaching at a very young age. So what I've done career-wise my entire life is help people transform and move forward in their lives across multiple uh, industries from individual sales to retail-based sales to leadership and management training. Uh, I got into some corporate recruiting and obviously I spent 15 plus years in the fitness industry in and out of things, part-time, full-time and, and all that. So my expertise falls in helping people understand themselves and move forward in life. Now, why I specifically planted my flag in the porn addiction space is because overcoming my addiction in 2019 radically changed me, myself, my life, how I see the world. So it's been a combination of an individual personal journey of struggling and getting on the other side of it, but also embracing and really honing in on what I feel are unique skill sets uh, that I possess to, to really do good service for the world. You know, I, once again, this is a conversation I was having yesterday is you see so many people coming online in the coaching space that I believe are coming from a place of wanting to do good but in reality, I think it's they're, they're doing more harm than they are to good. I think there's too many people, the blind leading the blind. Just because you went through a journey in your life doesn't mean that you have the ability to lead others through that same journey. Now, I do think that it plays a role. Understanding that journey and over, over understanding overcoming those trials and tribulations, I think, plays a role in helping it. But just because somebody lost weight doesn't mean that you know how to help somebody else lose weight. I've seen right. a lot of men that are, are a lot of young men that are rising up in my space that have overcome pornography in their own life. These are young guys in their 20s, and now they're out there trying to coach other men, but they don't they don't possess any real transformational coaching skills. So the work that we're doing with Rebuilt Recovery is pulling on 20 years of, in, of experience in training, leadership development, real transformational life coaching change paired with a true journey of my own struggles. So yeah, I mean, if there's specific questions about the, the journey that you wanted to get into, but. Well, yeah, um, just, I mean, really quickly, you were you were addicted to porn for a, a number of times, like I forget how long it was. And then basically uh, 
you know, decided enough was enough and went through a process where you've been free now from porn for how many years is it? Yeah. So it's been four, four mm-hmm. years and nine months. So February 14th of 2019 was, you know, what I guess you could call a day of sobriety or day of real freedom. Uh, you know, I struggled. So context here, I'm, you know, I'm standing here at 40 years old today. My introduction to porn came at the age of six. Uh, and it obviously wasn't, you know, what the, the kids have access to today, but it, it did plant an early seed. And I can see how it led into once I had access to the internet and technology and smartphones and devices, how it really began to escalate. But I do think it was that initial impression or impression early on that planted the seed. And obviously there's a lot of science that points to early exposure, how it creates compulsions later in life. But for me, it was probably a real 15 year aware struggle from my early twenties to about 35, 36, that I knew that there was something that I was struggling with. I would have these false starts here and there, a part of me was like accepting it. It's just a part of your life. It's every guy's doing it. You know, all the lies that so many mm-hmm. men believe, probably guys are hearing this right now. They, they, they believe these lies. Series of events, though, between 2017 to 2018 radically transformed my life. Uh, one of them was joining a business mastermind that really began my journey into accepting Christ into my life. I talk about the day that I did find my faith, which was October 22nd of 2018. I was there with a great friend of ours, Josh Kashadorian. Um, and he shared the gospel with me. And that was really the day that I guess I could say I found my faith and I committed my life to Christ. And that was the journey of now me beginning to transform myself, getting, you know, clean of alcohol, getting clean of drugs and pornography was the last thing. And that was in February of 2019. And I didn't know at the time really what it was going to lead to. I knew that I was committed to change. I was doing it one for myself and I was doing it for a woman. I thought that if I got it out of our life or out of my life, we could then build a life together. That relationship ended. Uh, But what did change was how I saw myself, how I saw people in the world and my ability to once again, maybe lead and, 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 and transform other people's lives that, you know, sparked me to start the podcast in July of that year, because I just felt so free. And I said, you know what, Frank, like you've been pretty successful in your life. You've, you've accomplished a lot of things. You've been around a lot of very successful people as well. You have great insights. You have a background in fitness. You've competed in bodybuilding. You've, you know, generated millions of dollars in your businesses. You've studied personal development. You read 500 plus books at that time. How did you still get caught up in this? So there's uh, elements of me wanting to understand how I got caught up in it, even though I was chasing what I thought was greatness. But also there's this realization of there's a lot of guys out there that aren't you that, and I don't say this in a way to like tap myself up on this pedestal, right? But a lot of guys that didn't chase high performance, a lot of guys mm-hmm. that didn't have the discipline and willpower to step on a bodybuilding stage, a lot of guys that hadn't read hundreds of books or spent thousands of dollars on personal development, do they even have the tools? So initially the podcast was really to bring awareness to the conversation and maybe help others through what we were talking about. The coaching mm-hmm. became a byproduct. Like sure. I didn't start down the path to make it a coaching business. I was running a marketing agency. We were having a lot of success in scaling this company. But as I started to have the conversations on a weekly basis, because I had somewhat of a public profile back then, the messages started to just flood in. Frank, we love what you're talking about over here. Can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help me? You know, three, four months of that goes by, you get, you know, 30 guys reaching out to you for help. You know, fortunately, I have a great network of people around me. And they said, Frank, you need to pull the trigger on this. So January 28th of 2020, uh, we took on our first two clients of what at the time wasn't even called rebuilt recovery. 
Uh, and it's been, you know, an incredible journey since we've had over 500 successful transformations, uh, have impacted close to 6,000 men through various courses and books that we have. Um, and it's, 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 it's really shown a lot to me about really what's happening out there. I guess for me at the beginning, I didn't understand the severity of the problem, how many men are struggling and how many men feel hopeless. And right. I think that's my biggest issue is the amount of men that truly feel like they are powerless. To this. And I don't think we're powerless to anything. So yeah, that's kind of been the journey, man. Uh, God has been really good in my life and uh, really excited about some of the things we're doing. I think we're having real impact and change on the world right now. Dude, I love it. I love what you're doing. Actually, I got a picture of you here. I'm going to show it. This is uh, Frank in his bodybuilding days. Yeah. Jacked. Look at that, dude. Yeah. What show Bro, that guy's that? coming back, man. That was uh, that was right after the Florida State. I placed uh, fourth in the state of Florida. Uh, that was the first year they had classic physique. Um, okay. So I'd done the bodybuilding stuff for for a while from 2008 to 2014. Uh, but I, I'm 6'3". So for me to be a real successful bodybuilder, like I would have to be Huge. ginormous. And, yeah. and I didn't want to do the things with my body. So I kind of stepped away from competing in 2014. Uh, and then there's a division out there called the WBFF, which is more of a modeling type of uh, uh, organization. And I did a show with them called the Male Muscle Model. Uh, trophy's actually sitting behind me over okay. on the oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, place third in a world show for them. But the feedback I even got from them is why I didn't place first was because I carried too much mass and I still had that bodybuilding type of mm -hmm. look. So when the NPC and the IFPB created uh, Classic Physique in 2016, I'm like, that's, that's my that's my category, yeah, right? So yeah. I did a couple shows there. Like I said, I placed fourth in, in the state. And then uh, I did step away from it uh, in 2017 to go all in on the businesses. Um, but uh, I got the itch, man. And, and it started to creep back up early oh, this my. year. So uh, recommitted myself to getting on stage next year. I'm older now. Uh, I'll be able to compete in the master's division. And I truly feel robbed like I left something out there. Like I don't feel like I brought my absolute best yet. So I'm really enjoying training. Right now, it's brought, it's kind of lit a new fire inside mm -hmm. of me. And uh, hopefully that picture that you just showed up there, hopefully I shatter that look uh, next time. Dude, that would be so impressive because you're older now. This is me back when I was – I so I did the Maryland one. That's me on the left when I was 22 years old. Okay, and can't I, really see your legs. Yeah, I got here, some yeah. some uh, blue-haired lady blocking me. But, um, yeah, I mean, the one thing about it is, like, you learn so much about your body when you compete. Like, I've been able to loosely follow that diet my whole life you know, because I learned so much about diet, my how my body responded to different things, cardio, you know, calories, high glycemic, yeah. low glycemic carbs, that um, I've been able to carry that over. So it's almost like, you know, training for like a, a competitive fight or something. You're going to push yourself because you got that deadline. You don't want to be embarrassed. You're going to be on stage. I don't know that I'd do it again personally, but, uh, you know, hats off to you. Um, so you had mentioned like, everybody's you know all guys are doing this like what are some of the common misconceptions around pornography addiction common misconceptions around pornography addiction. Meaning like yeah like what are you dealing with with your clients like i'm, I'm sure it's it's not harmful you know it's it's natural i got i got a well yeah no, well that's not the stuff that we deal with right because by the time a guy reaches out to me like he's 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 looking for help so with our clients like i'm not dealing with a lot of that once they're in the work though it's us building their beliefs back up. You know, by the time that a guy reaches out to somebody like me to ask for help with a pornography mm -hmm. addiction, he's tried and failed multiple times, if not dozens of times. And most of these men have had it a part of their life for a decade plus. So there's this underlying 
belief within them that they can never be truly free, that pornography mm -hmm. is going to be a part of their life. So for the clients that we work with, the biggest hurdle we have to overtake or overcome is going to be the belief system in and around. Can I actually be free of this? Because like I said, if you've tried and failed a dozen times at doing something, there's this underlying subconscious belief inside of you that's going to drive a lot of your behaviors. And that's going to lead to self-sabotage. Because if you don't believe that you deserve a life free of pornography, then it doesn't matter if you go three months, six months, a year, three years. If you don't believe that for the rest of your life, you deserve to be free, there will come a point when you self-sabotage. Let's break down what self-sabotage ultimately is. So our subconscious drives about 80% to 90% of our actions. Like there's this unconscious part of our mind that is hardwired and programmed from the time that we're born until the time that brain is fully developed around 24, 25 years old. So that subconscious programming is driving the things like just if somebody would keep a journal or if you recorded yourself all day long, you would be shocked at how many stupid, ignorant things we all do unconsciously, right? So, but if inside of that belief system, if you do not believe that you deserve real freedom, then somewhere down the road, when life gets stressful, when you get rejected by a woman, when the wife turns you down, when you hit financial stress, when, when something like that presents itself in your life, your default behavior is going to be, I need to go act out and consume pornography. And I need to destroy my life, right? Like this is when you see it with uh, lottery winners, right? Why do you know 80% of lottery winners go bankrupt in five years? Because they don't believe that they're actually the person that deserves that money. So they make life choices and decisions that bring them back to their subconscious reality. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we have to overcome with the men that we're working with is do I truly deserve and can I be 100% free of this thing for the rest of my life? Now, the misconceptions in the rest of the world is pornography is not a real thing, right? There's no such thing as that. I get called a snake oil salesman multiple times a week at this point because I'm out there. I'm trying to whatever, you know, mislead men. The DSM-5, which is the clinical book uh, that recognizes all behavioral and substance addictions, doesn't even recognize it there as well. And I think that there's factors that drive that, right? But I think one of the biggest misconceptions in the world is that it's not a real thing or that every guy is doing it right, right so yeah right. those are a couple of them what are some of the the uh, effects that this uh, pornography addiction has on personal well-being and relationships yeah well um some of the effects that it has like negative consequences i'm sure it's you know if people are reaching out they're probably it's it's negatively impacting their life in some way i know personally when i when I look at porn, I feel like a weak piece of shit. I'm like, I feel like I failed. I like consumed poison. I sinned, you know, like I just feel not strong. Yeah. What well, hijacks, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your motivation hijacks your dopamine, uh, receptors, your reward center. It creates these, you know, overstimulated, uh, super normal stimulus, you know, bouts of, of chemicals that are released within your brain. You know, if you're a guy that's trying to, quit and you continue to use it, it's shattering your confidence. Like you said, right? You know, it's like every time that you go against what you say you want to be doing, it's like, there you go, like dipshit again, right? You know, so it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's really, you know, undermining uh, our views and perceptions of ourselves, you know, perceptions of women, you know, when, when you watch pornography, the part of your brain that lights up, it's a part that's associated to objects. So if I see, you know, a bottle of water sitting here on my counter, in order for me to be able to pick that up, my brain has to recognize it as an object. 
well relationship is a completely different center within our brain like when we experience intimacy with people well if i if i program myself that every time i see a, a, a female physique that it's an object then i step out in the world what do i do i see the lens i see the world through the lens of objectification right so that's the real impairment on the relationship side of things get into you know the negative side effects uh physically for a man uh the erectile dysfunction premature ejaculation all of these but i think it's it's the the effects are individualized but those are going to be you know some of the main ones that we're going to see yeah i had a buddy that was looking at porn before he got married and then after he got married he was having a hard time getting it up after because of what you're saying supposedly you know you have a real person there in front of you but you've fed this other part of your brain so much yeah. that it, it it does you know causes some problems i don't know yeah, so the brain is a uh it's a prediction learning machine right so the brain is designed to experience the world and then predict what's going to happen next so if it predicts uh you know the pathway to ejaculation is by you watching videos and touching yourself that's how your body is going to be wired what fires together wires together so mm -hmm. 100 100 yeah i had another friend of mine that would started he was watching so much porn he started consuming gay porn and he wasn't gay i knew the guy and he committed it to me he's like because it had to be more twisted it was like i heard i heard one of the definitions of diminishing returns is, is pornography like it's the more you do it the the more you know the weirder it has to get yeah and, well and that's then, addiction yeah i mean that's addiction you know defined right mm -hmm. so desensitization you need more and more of the drug to produce the same effect. Anybody that struggled with alcohol will tell you that's the case. You know, I started drinking, you know, Miller Lite when I was in high school. By the time I was 25, I was down in a fifth of whiskey every single night. So mm -hmm. there was a desensitization that I needed more and more hardcore of the same effect. Or why has marijuana been labeled as a gateway, right? Okay, because you start smoking weed when you're in high school, it creates certain effects, and then the weed kind of stops working. So you begin to explore kind of other things. Well, what? The, how does this make me feel? How does that make me feel? So yeah, I think the desensitization with pornography is we begin to explore deeper and darker realms of pornography. But here's the thing, man, is it doesn't stop there, right? This is where I talk a lot about the link between pornography and human trafficking. So if what I'm seeing on the screen stops working, well, my mind still wants to get all that same feeling where there's pathways now for me to go and get that, right? Mm -hmm. I could look at prostitution, I could look at escorts, or if I'm so caught up and I want to do things that even people wouldn't consent to mm -hmm. do, well, I can just go buy somebody from a, from a trafficker, right? And that's why right. the US, I believe, has become the number one consumer of human trafficking yeah man i want to say there's a, a a pretty big uh link to like people that either pedophilia or maybe even like some of these people that shot up schools and stuff like serial killers or, that, that they started like consuming porn at a high level before they acted out yeah that's the one i have a hard time um i understand right you know guys like ted bundy a lot of these serial killers have explained that they're uh or that they've had massive issues with pornography I see a hard link between consuming pornography and shooting up schools. Now, yes, like when you're mentally ill, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna be doing a, a, a lot of things. And, and yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that um, just the bandwidth of it and the amount of people that are consuming it. So yeah, you're gonna see, you're gonna see some things like that, but I, I will never make the statement that if you start watching pornography, you may end up as a serial killer. I think that's a massive, yeah to, i think uh, if, if you are uh, if you okay so think about like people that are maybe sexually frustrated i could totally see how they would go out and be more prone to commit violence because if a guy's getting like a ton of pussy you know like is he really going to go out and you know hurt somebody i doubt it he's probably a pretty happy guy you know like whether he's married i mean hopefully he's married but 
I don't think that that's the kind of person that's going to go out and, and have all this hate in them. And, and I really think that's one of the, probably the, the worst things about porn is, is it enables you to have some reward with very little investment of anything. Yeah. Well, John Eldred says it right. You know, pornography is so dangerous because it gives a man everything that he wants and desires from a woman without requiring anything of him in return. You know, right. if you think about it, like, you know, I had a great friend, Drew Boa. Uh, he talks about porn becomes a pacifier for men. So when our life presents problems to us, we begin to suck on something like a pacifier. And what we begin to suck on is the use of pornography. So if every time you're angry, stressed, something happens in your life, you don't like the way that things are going, something didn't go your way, your outlet becomes pornography. Well, when things don't happen the way that you want them and you don't have pornography readily available, that's where outburst comes happening, right? Like I saw this play out in my life. And I've shared a story about three days after quitting pornography. So I quit on the 14th by the 17th. This was probably the first time in maybe a decade I had gone like that length of time without some type of pornography and some type of sexual release with pornography. Mm -hmm. I had a massive outburst, like angry, throwing stuff, bashing walls, I ended up breaking my hand. So I saw that play out in my own life. And as I was unpacking that, I'm like, God, Frank, you used to be like, you used to have a lot of rage. And what was the driver of that rage was a pornography addiction because when I didn't have something that I wanted, I could easily go sedate myself. I could easily go numb myself with porn. So there definitely is a link between pornography addiction and acting out the rage component. Right. Well, I, I want to get to this uh, this tool here, but uh, before we do that, is there any like what would you tips would you give people for getting started on a journey of uh, of you know recovery and and maybe maintaining it? Without the, not not diving into the specifics of the tool that we're going to talk about, but do you have any like broad kind of tips that you offer? In terms of like, so this is a guy that's out there and he's or a girl. aware that he's 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 struggling. Yeah, or a female maybe you know because I think that studies have shown that they're that's getting almost as bad with the women as it is with the men, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. We haven't we haven't delved into to working with women. I've, I have a handful that that that, that reach out. Um, I understand what it means to be a man. Um, and going back to one of the questions that you asked, the tough love coaching, like not sure a lot of women would appreciate the way that I speak to some of our <laughs> clients, right? So um, I've stayed within my lane here. Uh, just like anything, man, trying to change an area of your life, right? Like if you're fat and out of shape and you want to get healthy, what's the first thing you have to do is you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm fat and out of shape and I'm sick and tired of it. So I think accepting uh, the issue of, of where you're at and then committing to true, true change. That's where mm -hmm. most people fall short is they want to do something, right? Mm -hmm. I want to get in shape. Uh, I want to quit porn. I want to start a business. I want to find a partner. I want to find a wife. Like, stop wanting to do things and just go fucking do it. Sorry, right. my language, but um, okay. I, I think too many people uh, don't accept the reality of what's happening and don't actually commit to doing whatever it takes. If I had a gun to your head and said, if you watch pornography again, I'm going to pull the trigger, I guarantee you would go the rest of your life without looking at pornography. Mm -hmm. So create that element in your life, not, not saying hold a gun to your head, but if you, if you can do something with a gun to your head, that means you can do it without the gun to your head. So figure right. out what that takes for you and commit to that. So accept where you are and commit to real change. Those are the first two steps of my seven step guide. What do you think people are giving up by hanging on to a, a porn addiction? Like what's on the other side of it? Who they are, who God created them to be real life, uh, real peace, uh, real joy, real happiness, real connection, real intimacy, uh, the true purpose and meaning of life. It's, 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 it's disgusting filter for reality. Yeah. It's good, Frank. 
Hey, everybody, go check Frank out at rebuiltrecovery.com. If you or someone you love needs help in this area, he's, again, helped uh, over 500 men gain freedom from pornography and um, has been through it himself. So he's he's a good person to hire for this uh, or, or to reach out to for this specific issue. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end it here, and then we're going to go to the private part if you're ready for that. Go to the second part of the podcast and talk oh, about Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for Okay, great. Okay. All right, guys. I'll see you on the next episode. Um, anything else before we jump out of here, Frank? No. No, I love you guys. Okay. All right. Awesome. See you guys on the next episode. Hang tight.